this is Patrick Daly and welcome to Interlinks. Interlinks is a program about connections, international business, supply chains and globalization and their effects on our life, our work and our travel in recent years. Today on the show, we'll be talking to Des Ferris, founder and MD of Sustainable Winning Performance Limited, a consultancy firm that helps FMCG companies achieve their sustainability ambitions, excellence and quality, innovation and customer satisfaction. So Des has over 22 years of experience in the fast moving consumer goods sector, having worked in director and board roles with Nature's Way and Keelings, which uh, combined with his studies at the IMI at Harvard and Trinity College Dublin, give him a unique perspective uh, from which to help his clients in the sector to create value for their own customers, their stakeholders and society in general through delivering sustainable winning performance. So welcome Des and thank you very much for being here with us today. You're very welcome Patrick, thanks for having me. Uh, you're very welcome. So uh, to get the things rolling Des, could you give us a quick overview of your career today to say up to the point that you launched uh, sustainable winning performance i think that was nearly a year ago at this point yeah certainly um i suppose you go back 22 years plus ago a long time ago patrick um yeah. <laughs> and, and feels a long time ago i'm quite honest with you um i entered the food business in the poultry industry and i entered that um as part of crossguard poultry group whereby over a course of about six plus years, I'd probably done every conceivable job in the operation. Mm. So I went in as a cleaner, um, cleaning out slaughterhouses and cook chill operations. Then went as an operator, then caught the birds, went out in my pickup truck with a knife of Williams trailer on, last on the back foot, went and caught what was known then as a B6 turkey. It was a huge turkey. I forget how many kilos this was. But the trader probably held the two or three hundred of those. So went into the um the rear houses and caught those turkeys by hand and put them into the trailer. Effectively, then after that for a period of time, I went into uh quality control. And that's sort of what then got to me to where I am today. So um I went and done quality control, went to um back to university, studied food safety management. Um, and then shortly after being with Cross Guard Poultry in that position for about a year or so, I then went into the fresh cut industry um, through a company called Willowbrook Foods in Northern Ireland. And shortly after um, working with them, I went to Nature's Best, where I spent a wonderful 14 and a half years with them, both as their technical director and their managing director, at which point in 2015, Keenings came and asked me to join their business, which I did. And that has been an equally successful and wonderful experience. Excellent. So what is a sustainable winning performance? There's kind of two aspects uh, to this question. So, you know, what, what is uh, sustainable winning performance limited? What is that business? What does it do? And what is sustainable winning performance as a concept? Like what constitutes sustainable winning performance as a behavior or as a modus? So the two aspects, so whichever order you want to take them in. Well, as a business, the, the name has come about because I, I tell you where I got the name from. I done two stints in IMD in Switzerland on the orchestrating winning performance. And um, I've, Really enjoyed my time with the IMD. I'd done the leadership for, for growth program there as well. So 
what OWP was trying to do is create performances in organization, unlock the performance in organization that's sustainable. So I switched the name from being orchestrating winning performance to sustainable winning performance. I have a I have a huge passion for sustainability. You know, I managed the sustainability agenda uh, for Keelings and um, I'm currently studying with Trinity. I'm doing the sustainable uh, business development PGC with them at the moment. Uh, we'll conclude that later in the year. So I have a huge passion for it. Um, and and therefore, the company is a UK registered company, registered in Northern Ireland. And effectively, what the company does, you've already read out at the very beginning of this introduction what we're about. But essentially, what, what we're about is we're helping companies achieve their commercial success and ambitions while addressing their impact on the planet. And, you know, there's three key areas in which I'm actively involved in, in that. One is around compliance. So what is their legal requirement what do they need to address secondly is around risk and risk is around people product and planet so essentially looking at their supply chain looking at the things such as human rights looking at their operational performance look and then creating frameworks for businesses to work within to address their risk across people product and planet and then lastly there's training involved in that because in this day and age um everyone needs constantly upskilling and training and therefore i find the business that i'm going into um have a certain level of performance and understanding in this area um, and require further training in, in it so that's what i provide okay and then sustainable winning performance so if i'm if i'm exhibiting that performance what what does that look like well it means to different it means different things to different people the different companies so there's no one definition there couldn't be one definition you know if you have two different companies in two different sectors um it it it, it truly means something different to them i find patrick my take in this having come from the commercial world having run a business my uh, and you know I, I trained with a guy called clayton christensen uh, from harvard business school and I, th I think he called, coined the phrase, you know, companies structure themselves in the way they need to be structured in order to compete in the marketplace in which they compete in. And when you think about that statement, what I try then to do is understand how companies need to compete in their um, area of, of expertise and the categories and the, and the geographies in which they're competing in, and then look at how the the their responsible business strategy or program can enable that commercial success. So rather than create sustainable strategies that sit over here and on, on a counter or on a box and that's the strategy, it, from my perspective and from my business perspective, we believe there's only one strategy. That is your business strategy, the commercial strategy. It's always been there. That you know why? What's the purpose of the organization? Why does it exist? But organizations have the responsibility to manage their impact on the planet as they go about their daily activities in business. So sustainable winning performance helps to understand that commercial position with the company or organization is trying to drive towards or trying to achieve, and in doing so ensures that their responsible business frameworks or strategies or programs, call it what you want, 
enable that commercial success to happen whilst minimizing their impact on the planet. Mm-hmm. Well, so where, where do you think the, the heads of, um, you know, managers, directors, business owners, where do you think their heads are at with regard to sustainability? And we see a lot of tension in the, in the political sphere with regard to um, sustainability and climate measures and, and so on. So are they kind of still seeing it as, as a burden and a cost? Are, are they kind of paying lip service and there's kind of greenwashing going on? Or are there people that are really seeing this as a kind of business opportunity? Where, where, where are they at at this point in time? With the companies that I've been dealing with and certainly people I've been speaking to, uh, it's less so about being a business opportunity and more so about doing the right thing. Um, the business opportunities will come naturally as a result of, you know, first up best dressed in this arena. But largely the managing directors or the chief executives or the financial directors or the operation directors that I'll be speaking to in the course of normal business have asked me to come into their business because they want to do the right thing. And they want to be able to do that thing in the most efficient way possible. And then and, and doing so will allow them to achieve the other requirements of their business or the commercial ambitions of their business. The challenge with it is this. And this is one I talk about, um, you know, to my customers about culture and strategies and about actually performance metrics can kill their their desire to do the right thing. So if I'm a, a manager in any organization around the globe and I'm KPI'd on profit and are KPI'd on efficiency or KPI'd on growth, if I don't have KPIs within my performance metrics that deal with the challenges of sustainability, no matter how much I want to do the right thing, I'm, you know, my performance will be directed a different, in a different way. So my behaviors and my culture and my intent and, and actually my decision-making will be governed around the KPIs that I am set. So one of the challenges for organizations is how do they structure themselves and motivate their management and their leadership teams through the use of performance metrics that ensures that people will turn up every day and do the right thing for the organization and the planet at the same time. Okay. I think coming back to your kind of holy trinity there of compliance, risk, and training, isn't it that element of, of risk? If you're not doing the right thing, you're running a risk um, of being exposed. And particularly that the more um, public facing your organization is, the greater the exposure you have to that and the reputational damage. Is that is that the kind of line of thinking that that, that companies are, are considering at the moment? Well, what I would say to companies is that, you know, if you're in the retail space, most of my career, in fact, all of my career has been in the retail space in terms of being a company that provides a product or a service to a major retailer. Now, those major retailers have already laid out their stall as to what their ambitions are and what they expect of their supplier partners across their value chain. So I would say to a, a potential client of mine, the last thing you want to be doing is being a problem in that value chain. 
you don't want to be getting an email or a survey to complete and not know what you're about or not know how to do it or, or certainly not be on the journey to fulfilling not only your own ambition, but those requirements of your customers. Because if you become a problem within that supply chain, um, then you will be left behind. That's just the reality of where the world has gone. So um, being compliant provides opportunities for your business. But compliance alone, in my, it's not necessarily where you want to be. You want to be trying to lead some of this stuff. And when you're looking at risk, being compliant with saying, uh, with regards to, for example, human rights or labor and human rights uh, uh, requirements, won't be enough going forward. You have to have the ownership of every organization to take on their own risk assessments, their own understanding of their supply chain and being actively involved in helping remedy whatever those issues are across the supply chain, I believe is where the future will be. Okay, so uh, t talking about your clients then, who who are your clients? What type of businesses are we talking about? And what kind of things do you do for them? And what kind of services are you providing? So I've, I've clients in the 3PL sector, I've clients in the- That's, that's uh, logistics, right? So logistics, yeah. I have clients in the fresh food sector, both ready to eat, ready to cook, ready to heat. Um, I have uh, clients early in, in this process that are service providers to hospitals, for example. So they would be the clients that I'll be dealing with at this point in time. Mm. And what kind of things, what kind of services are you providing for them? The same services I spoke to you about at the very beginning. So I'm providing them... Um, Training, first and foremost, um, it's been, it started off with training. That's then developed um, and generally the sense of, of services and, and the way it takes place is that you go in, you get a sense of where the organization is. They generally look for some upskilling very, at the very beginning. So they're trying to understand where their, their marketplace is in, in, in terms of sustainability, what their competition is doing, what their customer requirements are. From there, um, that then leads into um, building frameworks for the organization. So those frameworks will help upskill their own people individually and help them communicate and simplify strategies so everyone in the organization understands what the strategy is and secondly, how they can contribute to that strategy regardless of their position across the organization. Those frameworks, when it comes to sustainability, will look at the areas that are of material importance to the organization. And then from there, you get into risk management, you get into policy, you get into governance, um, and so forth and so forth. Okay. And how would you say your clients are better off after having worked with you? Um, first and foremost, um, if all they done was just the training, they will have a full knowledge of what's going on within their area of business. So uh, that would entail, as I say to you, they would understand what the requirements are coming at them. So from a legal perspective, legislation perspective, from a customer perspective, so where their customers are, where their customers are trying to get to, what their supply-based challenges are like, you know, they would, um, they would also look at 
um, their own challenges within their organization and get a sense and get a benchmark of where they are. So first, that training on its own would allow them internally to have um, good conversations about the future direction of the business, taking into consideration their um, responsibilities with regards to managing their impact on the environment and, and the planet. Past that, then you're getting into a scenario whereby you're creating a strategy that they can see the value in it from a commercial perspective, as well as the value in it from the right thing to do. And that's what my clients are benefiting from my involvement in their business at this point in time. Okay. And so now you've, um, you've been in business almost a year at this stage. What has been the most enjoyable thing about being in business yourself? And what's been the most surprising thing about it? Um, the most enjoyable uh, has been being able to go into organizations, meet with them for the very first time. Some of them have known my, me from the past, others haven't. And creating conversations about um, creating a sustainable business for future generations. Um, as a society, I have a passion with regards to sustainability and, and, and that's where my head is at. So I've only ever worked for family businesses. Every one of those family businesses make decisions, you know, they're custodians of that business and therefore they're, they're, they're managing it in a way. So they hand it to the next generation and that in itself is sustainable by the very fact that that's the type of decision making that they're making. So for me, the most enjoyable piece is going into those organizations and having those conversations and commencing an engagement with them that allows them to achieve both their commercial ambition and their sustainability ambition. The most surprising for me, uh, Patrick, um, uh, is that there's, with with certainly with the people I've been speaking to, they've all wanted to do this. They all see that there's a not just a requirement, but within their you know the biggest demand for change in this is their own employees it's the people from the ground up saying okay how are we going to do this how are we going to manage this how can we contribute and be involved in this journey mm, that's interesting and as as we kind of look uh, to 2024 and beyond there's quite a bit of uncertainty out there geopolitically and in the business environment and so on so what would you say are some of the key strategic considerations that businesses in the FMCG se uh, sector should be thinking about as they as they look forward into that and maybe not just in sustainability but just your general view in in uh, how things are looking looking forward for business that's a great question actually um my sense um th there's a number of things obviously the current political state of the world across many region of it, it has to be a concern um, and how that's going to impact on people in general. Um, the, you know, when I look at what goes on in the news, there's a real sense that there's a massive divide between those who have and those who have not. And therefore, what is that going to do with regards to, to from a, commercial perspective of any business say across the world or within ireland you know what's it going to do to transport routes what's it going to do for migration what's it going to do for diversity and equality across organizations 
these are big topics for organizations to, to grips with and to do something wonderful and positive um, with. So I think people are going to be the biggest um, challenge because they're the ones that are going to be impacted most. And that's what I see as the main uh, issue. Mm. Now, although I, I guess at this stage, thankfully, COVID is kind of fading into the rearview mirror, and hopefully that stays there. Um, but the experience of that over the two, two and a half years, whatever it was, the, how did that change or refine or reinforce your own personal views or beliefs about work and about life and about business? Um. COVID was an interesting journey for all of us. Um, I, I believe for me personally, the biggest impact it had was I was fortunate enough to be in a position working for Keelings that was helped leading that strategy. And therefore, um, you know, Creating a safe place to work for people was the priority, was always the priority, first and foremost. So that impacted me greatly because I could see how um, people across the value chain were grateful for the work that was being undertaken to protect them. And um, for me personally, I suppose um, it, I got a sense of pride in the work that I was doing. And I got a sense of satisfaction for the contribution I was personally making to those people's lives. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's how it impacted me personally. I got an opportunity. I, I never worked from home, by the way. Um, I was always in the organization because, um, you know, I wanted to demonstrate through my deeds and actions that, hey, listen, we're all in this together. So just a sense of coming together with people, the sense of appreciation of people, the sense that, Going back to my previous answer to your question there about what's one of the challenge, you know, we can do nothing with having great people and, and, and looking after one another. And, and that's what, for me, comes through all of this. And what would you say is the most important life lesson that you've learned that's stood to you throughout your career? Well, I've had a number of life lessons in, in my career, of, you know, um, I've dealt with some, uh, you know, challenges personally in my life and 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 professionally. Um, I think resilience. You need to be resilient. Certainly at a very senior level, everybody needs resilience built into them. Because if I project and I look across the horizon, see the political landscape, see the economical uh, economic landscape, as individuals, we need to, we need to be resilient. Um, and secondly, as a, as a as a as a director, as a person who um, has been managing people, I value collaboration. You know, I think collectively, together we can achieve great things. On our own, it's very difficult. Yeah, and then uh, as we come kind of coming into the last few minutes now, time flies and we're always kind of against the clock here but outside of work kind of what kind of things do you like to do in your spare time outside of work well i've just have an appetite for continuous learning so i do a lot of reading um 
uh, you know, I have a couple of books at the moment. Um, some of those books I, I reread all the time because I connect with them. I'm a type of individual who looks at a a business or personal challenge and say, okay, how what can help me overcome that? And I'm conscious that um, yesterday's thinking um, is left for yesterday's thinking. It's not today's or it's not tomorrow. So I'm always on a on a journey of continuous learning. Hence why I've I, I done the PGC with Trinity. Mm. Um, so uh, lots of learning, lots of reading, um, mountain walking. So I live. Um, five minutes from Silent Valley here in Northern Ireland and uh, as, as a crow flies. And I try to get out onto the mountains and clear the head and bond with nature as much as possible. And I have, a, I have one son. He's 16 years of age, coming 17 in May. He'll be off to college in another year and a bit. And, um, you know, his passion is music and I play the piano. So um, he plays classical violin. I play a bit of class. I, I wouldn't call myself a pianist, <laughs> but I do play the piano. And um, we do a bit of that as and family time is hugely important. Um, I spent 22, no more, sorry, 33 years, um, wonderful years um, doing karate for both Northern Ireland and Republic of Ireland, fought internationally. And um, but age catches up on us. I'm 52, <laughs> so th those days are gone, and I feel the aches and pains of all of those injuries back in my 20s. So, yeah, largely getting out, bonding with what the surroundings, the beautiful surroundings uh, uh, that, that I have on my doorstep, continuous learning, and family time. Excellent. Well, many thanks, Des, for being here with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. Listen, thank you very much for having me. I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks also to our listeners for tuning in again today. And be aware that if you enjoyed this episode, you can find a full series of over 140 episodes of Interlinks on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, and other major podcast platforms. So until next time, keep well and stay safe. No dust left Scatter my remains Among the rest Find me a spot Where the devils don't go Underneath the stars I'll be Be at home break no bread those that held my hand can know I'm dead find me a spot where the devils don't go underneath the stars I'll be be at home
Nothing before and nothing is clear. The tale of most is one of fear. Find me a spot where the devils don't go. Underneath the stars I'll be. Be at home.